Welcome to the Healthy Perspective Podcast with your host, chiropractor, entrepreneur, mentor, and author, Dr. Chris Bowman. He'll break down and extract the secret sauce behind his own success and the success of some of the top leaders in every category and from around the world. Get ready for your weekly mental adjustment because shift is going to happen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of the Healthy Perspective podcast. Today is going to be like laying on the beach combined with the best seminar you've ever attended because we have Jen Ruiz uh, on with us today. She is a lawyer turned full-time travel blogger and author. She's a five-time Amazon bestseller, three-time TEDx speaker, and multi-award winning travel journalist. She's been featured by the Washington Post, Forbes, ABC News, and is a solo female traveler um, behind Jen on a jet plane. Coming to us from Puerto Rico, Ms. Jen Ruiz. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining. I'm glad we got you uh, on, the, on, the, on the call on the episode when you weren't on a plane or in some third world country or you know, doing something like that. Thank you so much for making time for us. You happen to catch me on the low while I'm renewing my passport. So you got me at a good time. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm sad to hear that you have to renew it and you're grounded, but I'm sure you're making the most of it. Absolutely. Puerto Rico is a great place to travel domestically. And there's still a lot of places in the U.S. to see. So I'll have to make do for the next hopefully six to eight weeks because I paid for all the expedited charges. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. Well, even even expedited, I'm sure they're going slower than they used to. But that's the times, right? But it's a perfect segue into, I mean, people are wanting to travel. I hear more people than ever you know, wanting to just buy a trailer and a truck and live, you know, kind of a traveling life, at least in the United States. My wife and I were just watching Shark Tank the other day, and there was a company that was like a, a transit van conversion company, you know, where they take a regular van and make it a, a full-time livable, you know, essentially RV for, you know, 20 or 30,000. And so I think this travel lifestyle is, is getting new breath and, and not just amongst um, you know, college age or fresh out of high school, but but really even families of five, six, seven are like, I'm done living this domestic, you know, cul-de-sac, picket fence, dog, banker, you know, whatever type of life, corporate, trying to work my way up the corporate ladder, largely unhappy, but with promise of maybe happiness in the future after I retire. Um, why don't you just walk us through kind of your your journey? I mean, as a lawyer, that's that's no joke. I mean, that's a lot of school. That's a lot of work. And to give it up to become, you know, a travel travel blogger. Can I walk us through your um, your your childhood leading up to, to, to law school and then kind of what broke you away from that? Right. Well, I think you bring up a lot of great points in regards to how things are changing. I think before we had a much more secure sense of what it meant to be at a job, people would be at a place for 20 years, there would be retirement and pensions. And that's just not something that we see commonly anymore. Now there's a lot of kind of turnover with jobs, especially in the legal market, ready to hire the fresh person out of law school so they can pay them less. Um, So there's a lot of kind of competition to get the least amount of benefits possible because there's so many hungry people on the job market. And I realized that also to your point that you mentioned about kind of how you were guaranteed happiness at a later date, I realized that 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 was never really 
guaranteed at all and that you don't have a later date and that maybe you want to travel the world, but you've rated to retirement and now it makes it difficult for you to do sites that involve heavy physical activity or walking or trekking and you're limited in what you can see or you can't stay long, long periods of time on a plane. And so um, these are all things that I wanted to be able to take advantage while I have full use of my body, while I have full, you know, just resources at my fingertips, understanding that I was born at an age and a time where I can travel, right? Where we have these amazing magical ways of transporting ourselves across the planet where we have access to unlimited information and things like credit cards and points and miles. And so I wanted to take advantage of all of that and not just have a life where all I was doing was working. I wanted to have professional goals and accomplishments as well, and especially non-romantic ones, because I think as a woman, those are usually what your personal goals are. Are, something regarding uh, marriage, starting a family. And while those are still definitely goals for me, I wanted to have other personal achievements. I wanted to feel empowered in a sense that didn't hinge on my winning in a courtroom or having a certain degree, but really just came down to me as a person and travel allowed that. And I think that's why so many people write travel memoirs and find travel to be so transformative because when you go somewhere new and you drop yourself to a place where everything around you is new, your sights, the smells, the sounds, it all becomes something that really makes you live in the moment and makes you come back feeling alive, refreshed. Uh, It's something you never really regret doing. Even the kind of mishaps become funny stories eventually with time. And so for me, I, I started traveling once I got the chance to travel more because I switched from private law to uh, nonprofit law. And that allowed me to have at least the bank holidays, which was psh, that was like having a world of time off wow. compared to what I had as a private attorney. Uh-huh. And, you know, still really pitiful compared to what the rest of the world has outside of the US that they have a full month, you know, it's for nothing taken for granted. And we have 10 days. So um, I started traveling more, I realized I loved it. I realized I had proof of concept with writing a book uh, online and self publishing that I could make money online. I had been teaching English online, partly to fund my travels. And And so all of that showed me that there was a different path. And I figured, why not take the leap early on before I went into a really set track and then didn't have that opportunity to change? Yeah, that's so good. You know, I I think people just look at their life and they're like, but what I have is is enough to keep me going. I don't want to sacrifice that because I could go the other way. You know, and and I think that lends to... um, a mindset that you've, that you've developed. And a lot of the people on the podcast that I've hosted, I think actually everybody that I've hosted have adopted at some point, the abundance mindset, right? It's, it's not like you're traveling because you won't be able to later. There's things that you can do now that you might not be able to do as a 70 year old, maybe some waterfall hikes or, you know, like those sort of things. But I think a, a lot of people are living in the scarcity mindset where like, I'm going to sacrifice everything that I have now so that 20, 30, 40 years from now, I can do what I want. And, and we look at that now. It's like, man, let's say people were 80 years old or finally going to go on their first cruise in March of 2020. Right. And then coronavirus hits. And it's like, now you never get to do your, your cruise. You know, can you speak a little bit to what it's like to live in this in the moment abundance mindset? And, and how can people start to um, shift their perspective a little bit from, I want to protect and hoard what I have now. I don't want to lose this now to maybe letting go a little bit to allow room for other things to come into your life. 
And I think that that's especially the case when it comes to financing travel. A lot of people before it even gets to that point will say, I can't afford it. It's too expensive. It's not for me. And I've learned a lot that the things that you say are powerful. And so if you're saying things like that, you're going to not be able to afford it. It's not going to be for you. And if you're saying, you know, I'm going to find a way to save for this, I'm going to find a way to get this flight for free, you're going to be able to do that. So it really comes down to your intentions and believing that you are able to to see this through. And it's something where there's a lot of examples on the internet. So before maybe you were the only person in a small town who thought this way, and you thought that you were weird, or unusual. And now you're seeing that actually, no, somebody else took a motorcycle and drove all the way across the continent too. And they made it happen based on sponsorships or, you know, and you can easily get this, these kind of um, communities and information and support groups on Facebook. There's a lot of solo female travel groups that have countless information. There's a lot of points and miles groups on how you can get award travel just for the money that you're spending already, even money you're spending towards rent. That could be money that you're, you know, somehow making into points that are going to get you free flights. So a lot of people worry about cash back cards or things like that. To me, there's no better credit reward than free travel. Like if you're going to get me on a plane for free, especially on a first class flight, that to me is the ultimate. So I try to look for ways to get that as my reward um, and always. And so th- there are many ways that I've, I mean, I've flown to Hawaii for $5, New Zealand for $38, wow. um, all of this on award travel with points and miles. So in, and again, people listening are like, oh yes, well there has to, you could have two, one of two mindsets. You could say, oh, well, I see that she's done it and I see that others are doing it. So I'm going to learn how to do it too. Or you could say, oh, well, there must be something about her that's different than me that makes it so that she can do it and I can't. So it depends on how you tackle that problem. And I ultimately believe that your mindset is going to be really powerful in in how you perceive the world and how you're able to tackle challenges, not just at home while planning for travel and saving for travel, but also while you're abroad and, and how you take things as as they come and, and are able to roll with the punches, which is especially important now in the uh, current climate of traveling with and during the pandemic, during with restrictions, a lot of changing mm-hmm. pieces. So it's important to stay flexible. And I encourage you all to know that mindset is still something that even if you've had it in a negative way, that's not working for you in the past can easily be changed or rectified by um, doing a lot of different exercises. I mean, I myself listen to positive audiobooks every morning instead of negative news when I wake up, because I want to start my day with a positive input of information. And um, I try to really uh, work out or be active every single day that really helps me just kind of stay sharp. So there's a lot of things that you can do to stimulate your positive mindset and help broaden your horizons in terms of what could be possible with travel and how you can make it happen. Because I promise if you're thinking about it, if you're feeling called to it, it's for a reason. That's so good. You know, and I, I like to think, you know, there's, there's people that I consult, there's patients that I have in my office where they're the W2 classic, you know, employee, hard worker, great person there for the long haul in hopes of having a great retirement and, you know, those sort of things living a relatively comfortable life, you know, not doing what they want to do, but not necessarily uncomfortable either. It's kind of this weird gray area where I have just enough to stay relatively happy. My kids can play sports, uh, you know, but not really like there is something better out there, but I don't want to lose, you know, what I have. What I'm finding is 
humanity, the, the people that are there, kind of like that, that middle class-ish type people have, have gotten so comfortable that they lose the ability to be creative. You know, it, it, so people are looking at like you where it's like, oh, I, I want to learn how to do this now. I want to travel or I want to make that happen. Just get my RV and, and go. But how do I how do I get there? You know, maybe what what are some thoughts on the first you know couple steps that you can take? If, if you have realized I've lost my creativity, that doesn't mean like you don't know how to draw like that. There's different from creativity of like artwork, but creating a lifestyle that you enjoy beyond you know boundaries that your boss has put up or that you have put up what would be the first couple questions to ask or exercises or books to read or you know something something that you can suggest for people that are ready to get out there but really have lost the ability to be creative yeah i know that feeling because law will have a tendency to do that to people i've noticed the more law firms i worked at that a lot of the support staff had just like dead looking eyes like they just they were there but they weren't actually engaged in what they are doing they're just going through the motions waiting for the chance to clock out and i think that that's an easy rut to get into especially when it's comfortable especially if there's good pay or benefits especially if you have people depending on you and you feel the need to you know be a provider of sorts and so that can be really challenging but it's important to that's why i i like to travel in small doses because for me it helped invigorate me and show me that there was more to life beyond the rut. So even if it was just for 48 hours, those 48 hours were like walking into Narnia, right? I got to go into this whole other world and see all these other people. And I came back like, whoa, completely changed. And that's a common sentiment that I think most travelers will share. And it's why travel is such a big industry, because there's something amazing about seeing something completely different than your world and your bubble and your day to day. And it, it's not just the actual being there, it's the anticipation anticipation of getting there that provides you with so much joy, something to look forward to, something to sneak while you're in the meeting, you know, looking up TripAdvisor reviews for the best <laughs> restaurants or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of ways that you can start to just in, in, inject your life with joy. And then from there, I would encourage you if you really are looking to make the transition because you realize that this is not something that you want to do long term, or at some point you're going to be an empty nester and you want to try something different. You know, my parents went from being corporate professionals to owning a franchise to now desperately wanting to sell the franchise so that they can go and start their own publishing company after they've seen my success with self-publishing and they want to write children's books because they owned a preschool and my mom has 30 years as an educator and so there's an, it's okay to have a natural transition to yeah. what your goals and your, and your dreams are. And so I would just ask yourself, what are the things that you do enjoy? What are the things that that you keep thinking about, even though you've tried to forget it, but it keeps coming back to you and you keep thinking, oh, maybe I should try that. And it could be any number of things. You know, for me, it was getting, um, writing a memoir. And so despite being self-published and writing so many books with tips, I wanted to write more stories about my year of adventure, quote unquote. And so I kept coming back to that. And then I just kept taking baby steps towards it. I was like, okay, if I wanted to be traditionally published, what would I have to do? I would have to put together a 
query. I would have to find an agent, you know, the agent would have to sell the book. And so I started going through these steps and they started to work out for me, but it's just a matter of figuring out what it is that actually lights you on fire. What do you keep thinking about, even though you keep trying to go to work and forget about that, but what do you kind of wish you were doing instead? And it can be anything, even if it's video games, maybe you're meant to be a video game designer, right? And you're meant to be somebody that's testing them and coming up with new concepts and helping them maximize how they attract people. So anything that you're drawn to is just your natural interest, your natural talent. And I think now we live in this really special age with the great resignation where people are finding that there are ways to monetize their talents online, which just wasn't possible before because you weren't able to reach an audience at the click of the button in the way that you are now where you can reach globally millions of people um, and have a platform. And so I encourage you to, at the very least, try it as a side hustle, try something that you're passionate about to see if it's something you want to grow. You know, maybe you love, you love recipes, you love making ice creams and your ice cream maker. And so you want to start an ice cream blog and you never know where that could lead. Next thing you know, you could be on the face of the next Haagen-Dazs carton. And so you really just, um, just put yourself out there and see what happens. And that's the great thing about this day and age that we're in right now. You know, that that um, volcano that erupted near uh, Tonga, I read this morning that the volcano messed up like the Internet lines that were going to the island. And so they're pretty much cut off from the world. Like they don't have Internet right now. I mean, maybe some satellite stuff, but, you know, nothing really. And, and it just made me reflect. It's like, how many times do I access the Internet? throughout mm-hmm. the day you know what I mean and, and these people are now like cut off from that world and so it just makes you realize like we I feel like we look at the internet as such a small thing it's like checking for movie times or you know like well, it's, but it's like it really does unlock the world to you you know yes. um and and I, I I love your point when you're talking about sometimes the hunt is is just as meaningful as as the travel you know and I can agree with that um, I love hiking and backpacking. I haven't had to do, uh, been able to do much the past couple of years. We've had a couple of kids and a lot of changes in our life. But I remember like looking at the trails and looking at the different lakes and, and the different ways to get there and the different things to see along the way. And, and I remember seeing, being so pumped up, like that was enough to invigorate me to get me inspired to go to work and, and whatnot. And so that's a great first step. I, I love that. You know, if you were to build your dream vacation, what would it look like? Start putting it all together, start researching, and then you'll find a way to get there. I promise you, you'll get so inspired that you'll, you'll want to make it happen. You know, um, Jen, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about at least what your favorite vacation spot has been. I'm sure it's on the tip of your tongue, but I think that would be really awesome for our listeners just to, just to hear like what has been your favorite place, favorite experience um, in all your years of, of travel and, and vacation. I think it's so hard to pick just one. So I always like categorize them. I think maybe like my, my, one of my favorite religious meaningful experiences Uh has been in Cambodia and Angkor Wat and seeing the temples and, and really spending a full day at that complex was amazing. Seeing the sunrise there, even with the 500 other people, um, it was, it was lovely. Uh And then, um, the, the South of France, just for like personal indulgence. Um, I love the lavender and the sunflowers in full bloom Uh in July and the food and the cheese and just the everything in the South of France is so it feels so luxurious. Uh Um, And so those are two of my favorite places. What about favorite beach? I would say here in Puerto Rico Rico. in um, 
there's one of the top 10 beaches is in this little island off the coast called Culebra. Wow. And so there's a beach called Flamenco Beach. It's one of the top 10 beaches in the world. It has beautiful baby powder sand uh, beaches. The water is in all different colors of blue. It is wow. just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and I was able to spend some time there recently, almost to myself because of the minimal uh, travelers that have been. Mm-hmm. And so it was incredible, incredible. That's awesome. Well, it's, it's inspiring. Um, I hope people go buy your memoir and just learn more about, you know, these different spaces. Because I think there's something to speak to. You don't know what you don't know. You know, so if you grow up in the inner city and you don't, you know, all, all your image is just this, you've never traveled outside. You know, I think that's a great first step is, is read books like yours or subscribe to blogs like yours. Where it's like, this is what the world has to offer. You know, it re- almost reminds me of um, in Star Wars, you know, where Ray leaves uh, her desert island and lands on, I don't remember what it was, Tatooine or something like that. But it's like, <laughs> she's like, I never knew that there was so much green in all the universe. You know, it's mm-hmm. like green was never, all sand was her whole worldview, you know? Um, and so yes. I would encourage you guys to do that. Well, Jen, if people want to buy your books or learn more about you, follow your journeys, where do they go? You can find me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at Jen on a jet plane. My website's jenonajetplane.com and I am on Amazon under Jen Ruiz. Awesome. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a, such a fun conversation. I look forward to maybe reconnecting in a year or two and seeing all the different other experiences that you've had um, because there's countries that open up and close, you know, all the time and, and places that you can go and can't go. And so I'm excited to, to hear and, and catch up and, and get a fresh perspective. Thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure. Awesome, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Perspective Podcast. To connect with Dr. Bowman, follow him on Instagram at Dr. Chris Bowman. Until next time, make shift happen.